1: That's the sound of Doc Holliday's rock-splitting politics getting started for the first time in 2021. How about that? Wow. And is there political rocks cracking? This week could be one of the most momentous historic weeks in American history. Uh, That's what Steve Bannon was saying. And he runs War Room, and we've played clips. We're going to play a clip very shortly here from uh, John Eastman. attorney john eastman advising the president uh, president trump Uh, i've met john eastman before at a value voters conference and i mean his intellect is just astounding when it comes to constitutional law any kind of law so uh, we will have him in just a few minutes for a clip from the war room with uh, lawyer attorney intellectual constitutional mastermind john eastman now uh later in the show we we're going to look at this as the immediate future 2021 and the immediate future is this week (laughs) this week because they're opening and supposed to account the uh the uh, electoral college is uh, the congress is going to open the votes and they were uh, in seven states they were dual electors sent and so whose votes are they going to get and We got a movement of uh, Senator Cruz and and several other senators saying they want a 10-day emergency audit on the election. And they won't uh, vote to approve anything uh, for for the electors, any electors, if they don't get that. So I don't know what's going to go on. You don't either. This is a week. This is the week of American history. So we're looking at the immediate future of 2021, and we're going to talk with – or play some clips with uh, john eastman from steve bannon's war room show and then we're going to look at the future of the year and talk about a few of the things going on or things to look at this year everything from bitcoin now bitcoin i remember last march when the market uh, the stock market dove down well bitcoin is supposed to be like gold they said but it dove down too. it dove down in three thousand about thirty two hundred dollars or something like that in march of 2020. well and and on June, january 2nd it hit it 30 just right at thirty three thousand dollars <laughs> eleven times what it's worth in march how about that <laughs> yeah everybody wished they'd bought some bitcoin then don't they uh but uh, so, what's going on in this economy? Stock market's going crazy, and, and it's the highest it's ever been, hitting new highs. And President Trump's uh, taking a bow for it, and he's talking about uh, the economy. And yet, we got the mainstream media playing everything down because they don't want Joe Biden to get a, 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 an economy that is just smoking. <laughs> It, in the middle of the coronavirus epidemic and we got the vaccine now so everything should be going in biden's favor but the media wants to play it down so it won't look like he's doing a bad job if things don't go uh just just great for everybody in the economy so uh we, we're so we're going to look at the into the future of 2021 we got a clip from lou dobbs and he, he asked a. Uh, ed rollins what he thought was looking at michael goodwin and also talked with dr alveda king and remember she and i wrote a book together uh, bedrock truths that you can get at uh, www.dockholiday.org so if you haven't got that book we'd be glad to get that out to you we wrote that together along with dr alex mcfarland called bedrock truth uh, bedrock truth so now uh let's let's let me play this clip about the immediate future and what could happen and what may happen this week as Congress, the joint session of Congress meets on uh, January 5th or January 6th, I should say, to uh, supposedly open the, the electoral college votes and there in a joint session of Congress. So uh, let's just play this clip from John Eastman, constitutional scholar.
2: One of the great thinkers about the Constitution and also a man of action He's the president Rudy Giuliani runs the overall he's the president's lawyer runs the overall uh, operation over there but John Eastman is the constitutional lawyer that's been putting up these these lawsuits John first off th- this this argument of what's actually happening at the state basis and what happened in the Constitution that you and I happened to be on a call last night and you were walking people through it was so brilliant. could you just walk people through what the framework is for this week and and why you think and you've been arguing in court and putting these uh, briefings and these suits out there, that this is just outrageous that that we're going down this path?
0: Sure. I mean, the U.S. Constitution very clearly assigns the power of uh, selecting the manner for choosing electors to the legislatures of the state. Uh, for many years in our nation's history, the legislatures just picked the presidential electors themselves. Um, but, but modernly, and for about the last century uh, or century and a half in some cases, uh, the legislatures have said, we're going to do this by popular vote but we're going to do it in accord with election laws that we pass." Election laws requiring signature verification on absentee ballots. Uh, Election laws require you to prove voter ID. All of those things designed to minimize the risk of fraud in how we conduct the election. And in a number of states, and most egregiously in Georgia and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, um, partisan elected officials, and in some cases partisan judicial officials, ignored or altered those legislative commands and conducted the election in violation of the manner that the legislature had set out that that means the election was illegally conducted and you don't even have to get into the number of ballots affected it was illegally conducted and I'll give you I think the most egregious example in Georgia they have a provision that if you, if you have evidence of fraud or, or irregularities uh, or evidence that a sufficient number of illegal ballots have been cast or legal ballots not properly counted, you can bring an election contest within five days after the conclusion of the recount. Uh, they did that on December 4th in Georgia. And uh, here we are a month later and we still don't even have a judge assigned to hear that case. And yet the governor went ahead three days after that challenge was brought and certified the electors completely ignoring the statutory mechanism set out for resolving election disputes Uh, and that means we have a failed election and there's another provision in federal law, three United States code section two that says when the state has failed to choose electors on the date assigned by Congress, the power to choose the electors devolves back to the legislature because they have the ultimate constitutional authority here. And we've got a lot of legislatures that are afraid to exercise that constitutional power because they think they have to get permission from the governor to have their session or they've gotta get permission from the courts uh, to do anything. No, this is a power the constitution assigns exclusively to those state legislatures and they need to act because what we have here is massive evidence that this election was at least conducted illegally uh, uh, you know in violation of the state statutes but lots of evidence as well that as a result of that illegal conduct removing checks against fraud in the absentee ballot process that we have absentee fraud uh, more than enough to have affected the outcome of the election Uh, and I think it's the duty of these legislatures to fix this This egregious conduct and make sure that we're not putting in the White House some guy that didn't get elected.
1: Now, no one has said that better. I'm going to jump right in here. uh, But when Attorney John Eastman, constitutional authority, what he's saying, we get it. The state legislators of the state. It's directly responsible. You don't have to go through the governor or a court. The legislators in these disputed states, what are they? Arizona georgia michigan pennsylvania wisconsin and uh nevada and and new mexico was number seven uh, going even if new mexico uh, republicans and trump electors were sent uh sent electors also so what we're seeing with what john eastman is talking about this egregious uh, assault against the Constitution and, and the state legislators were flaunted by the executive powers, the governor, secretary of state, but the Constitution says it's what the state legislators say and now the state legislators who may not think of themselves as powerful, they have more power than the Supreme Court, they have more power than the, uh, in, any judge could try to give them and on other cases, when it comes to this case, in the election of the president of the United States, these state legislators in the disputed states now have more power than what the Supreme Court can say or what they can. They can the Supreme Court can say, yes, we agree you have the power. They cannot take the power away. It's given to them in the Constitution. The United States Constitution supersedes any uh, any any state constitution. It's the supreme power of the land, and it gives the power to uh, who is to pick the electors for the electoral college directly to the state legislators. They don't have to wait for a governor to meet. Do you understand all that? That's what John Eastman's trying to explain. If you live in a state that's disputed. Make sure your state legislature knows they have the power given to them by the founders of our country in the United States Constitution. And when they see fraud and they see illegal activities and an election that was not held by the standards that the state legislature set, then by golly, they have the power to decide who the electors are. So uh, let's listen to some more of John Eastman
2: this is what the constitutional crisis is i want to be very specific and and drill down this because this is going to be historic this is where we are entering into one of the most um important constitutional crises the country's ever had your theory of the case essentially if you got if you did if they did give you an expedited hearing if you went through all this process and you're filing other suits or just as powerful at the end of the day isn't what the Supreme Court's going to say, and look, I'm not a constitutional guy, but aren't they going to say, hey, John, great argument. Uh, got to, we're not going to overturn the Biden electors. We're going to flip this whole thing back to the state legislatures, and they've got to either re- reaffirm, they've got to stand up. Isn't this all get back to the state legislatures, and particularly in these five states?
0: There, there are two places where it gets back to. It gets back to the state legislatures because because their process was not followed. And it was deliberately not followed. This was a concerted effort to thwart the checks, the anti-fraud provisions they had put into place. Uh, so it devolved back to the state legislature. And the only other place where it devolves back to is the Congress and particularly the vice president who will sit in presiding over a joint session of Congress beginning January 6th to count the ballots. And they've got, they've got multiple slates to ballots from seven states and they've got to decide uh which of the which is the valid slate to count uh, uh, I think they have that authority to make that determination on their own, but it would certainly be helped immensely if the legislatures in the states looked at what happened in their own states and weigh in, exercising their power under the U.S. Constitution. And here's the the biggest problem: we haven't had this happen. You know, there was one one minor event in 1960 out of Hawaii, but we haven't had it happen on the scale that we have now with multiple slates from multiple states since 1876. They don't understand that the power they have to exercise here is not derived from their state constitution. It's derived from the federal constitution. So restrictions on that power, like we, we can only meet with the permission of the governor of our state, restrictions on that power uh, are preempted by the federal constitution. They have this power directly from the federal constitution. And, they, and it's there for a reason, because it's much easier to corrupt a single executive official than it was to corrupt the entire legislature to have an outcome, and they wanted the branch of government closest to the people, which is the legislature, to be the one that has the ultimate say about here, and and, and these guys need to understand their constitutional authority uh, and their constitutional duty to put a stop to this egregious violation of law that has occurred.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, my fellow Americans, I give you John Eastman's case. This is what happened. We had egregious conduct by governors, secretary of states, by state Supreme Courts, and yet they did not have the power to change election law. They did not have the power to change how elections were conducted, and yet they did that so the state legislators, if they don't want to be run over and trampled by unconstitutional activities of of, uh, government agencies that do not have the power above them, they need to stand up and declare with a unified voice that no the constitution gives us the right and we are going to look in this election fraud and we see the fraud and anybody with common sense can see the fraud in all six of these states seven including new mexico we we don't have to see all the fraud we got enough without even looking at voting machines that every state could be turned over and the electors they should be given to donald j trump but like we've said if if you're not going to just outright give them to trump like they should at least they say we got a disputed uh, election and we'll go to the congress and where every and in the house every state gets one vote and in the senate they elect the vice president every state well, they i think in the senate they just vote but now what we have to do is encourage, not encourage, but demand that the state legislators read the Constitution, that is the United States Constitution, and do what the founders gave them the power to do. And that's not to give an election to Trump or take an election away from Joe Biden. Joe Biden has not won yet. He has not won. So what they got to do for the sake of our democracy if we don't have a democracy, if we can't depend on the, the, the way the election process went, and we know there's illegal activities, we have to have a way to find out who won, and that's why Congress was given the power in the Constitution, and the state legislators working with the Congress can determine how this election should come out. So state legislators in all these disputed states stand up, tell your state legislator wherever you live, to call their colleagues and tell them stand up for America stand up for the Constitution stand up for democracy we are not a thugocracy we are a democracy we are a republic and if we don't live by the Constitution then we no longer live in a democracy a democratic republic we didn't live in a thugocracy where it doesn't matter if you go vote or not because it's going to be a bunch of cheaters telling you who won now there was a movie josie outlaw josie wells and i think uh part of one of the famous sayings that was uh well we will change the words basically saying don't urinate on my back and then tell me it's raining but now that's exactly as a trump voter i feel like if they don't correct this egregious behavior an activity, like John Eastman pointed out, that's exactly what it feels like. Somebody urinating on your back and then tell you it's raining and that Joe Biden won. Horrible. Can't happen. Let's see what this week holds. And that's our immediate outlook at the, these first few days. And what an exciting week and a tumultuous week it may be. I don't know. I don't know. Let's all watch this together. Pray, work hard. Let's look for the truth. I don't care if you're a Joe Biden fan or Donald Trump voter. I don't care. Let's look for the truth. Seek the truth. If you don't want the truth, then you got a problem. We need the truth and find the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We've talked about that before on this show. But uh, let me remind you listen to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. This is the first show of 2021, and we're glad to have you. It's been uh, 2020 was a year nobody would have ever predicted, and anybody making predictions now are probably going to be just as bad off as the ones who uh, in 2020 never even dreamed of what would happen with the coronavirus hitting and the election year, and and how uh, so many people were flagrantly, uh, just just flagrantly breaking the laws in across these picked states. Remember. Uh, they looked at the vote totals. Joe Biden did not beat Obama's number of votes in major cities, Democratic-held cities, all over the country except for in these disputed states. It was pre-planned and pre-picked to these cities where they were going to just overwhelm the system. And uh, we've talked about that before. won't get all into that, but it's all documented and all the, the fraud of the votes. But let's look at the big picture. Let's look at the big picture. We're going to look at that in just a minute. And I'm going to remind you, as you listen to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, I know we've had this book out in a while. So many of you have it. Some of you still don't. So it would be good for 2021 to get started on the right foot. Read this book called Bedrock Truth, written by Dr. Ed Holliday, Dr. Alveda King, and Dr. Alex McFarland. And we will play a clip when uh, Dr. Alveda King. She was on Lou Dobbs Fox Business Show, and we're gonna play that clip in just uh, just a few minutes and end the show with that. But before we do that, we had talking about 2021 and what the left is doing. These left wingers wanting people to bow down to them and and demanding that what the Democratic Party should be doing. You think Joe Biden could stand up to them? Well take a listen of uh, this uh on lou dobbs he had uh, ed rollins who used to work with doctor i mean president ronald reagan and then he's michael Goodman, the, the uh, writes of new york post other papers so uh take a listen to uh their interview there on lou dobbs show on fox business
3: former Reagan White House political director, Fox Business political analyst, the Sabat himself, Ed Rollins, Pulitzer Prize winning columnist for the New York Post, Fox Business contributor, Michael Goodwin. Great to have you both with us, guys. And Michael, I've got to start by saying what a terrific column uh, you wrote on the Civil War at the New York Times and what is happening uh, to journalism, a, a brilliant analysis. Your thoughts on uh, the the effect? Uh, Where are we going with a a national left-wing media that is decidedly activist, organized around one principle, uh, hate Trump, and elect any Democrat, any damn Democrat whatsoever?
4: Well, thank you, Lou. Uh, I would add one more word to describe that media today, too, which is, uh, at least among the management, craven and cowardly. That's two words, I guess. But uh, what we saw both at the New York Times and the Philadelphia Inquirer uh, dumping editors, top editors, uh, because the mob in the newsroom demanded it—not the mob in the streets, but the mobs mm-hmm. in the newsrooms. This is an, these are extraordinary developments to see the publishers in both cases give in to this uh, mentality that if you should say anything that we don't want to hear—a headline in the case of the Philadelphia Inquirer or a uh, an op-ed by Tom Cotton in the New York Times—we, the mob, we refuse to hear those things, and so you must pay with your head, and it's a form of human sacrifice, what the uh, publishers did in both those cases, mm-hmm. and so I think the word will go out to journalists everywhere, you have to now toe the party mm-hmm. line, which is, to me, uh, indistinguishable from the Black Lives Movement line, w- which is frankly remarkable uh in a few short years this fringe group has now come to be the dominant group in the democratic party
3: and we saw today and uh chuck schumer speaker pelosi and the radical dim uh (laughs) ragtag followers of such uh leaders kneeling kneeling uh on capitol hill i mean this is this is
5: (laughs) what in your judgment and uh, they've lost, they've lost it the, that that' touch with the American public. I mean, clearly they have. The American public has watched for weeks now, uh, riots in the streets uh, have watched at the end of the day, uh, rioting here in New York and other places across the country. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of law enforcement officers injured. Uh, the initial uh, incident that set all this off was terrible and there was a bad cop there and the cop will be punished. But the rest of it was all basically got out of hand. A lot of peaceful protesters, but a lot of unrest and a lot of basically destruction. And now you say, talking about dissolving the police department, who's going to basically stop kids racing down drunk down the main street who's going to stop the guy beating up his drunk uh, drunk beating up his wife you're going to call a sociologist major I yeah, mean what you me. are you going to do here I mean yeah. please please if are the people very important, of Minneapolis
3: aren't smarter than that if the people of Minneapolis are any smarter than that Ed uh, they'll get exactly what they deserve and that is complete uh, Complete anarchy uh, in uh, Minneapolis. It has approached that over the past two weeks at, at, at any rate.
1: Let me jump in right there when Lou Dobbs is talking about Minneapolis and rem- just remind you, just uh, it's just been a couple months ago that during the election we had on Lacey Johnson. Now he's the Republican challenger to Elon Omar there in Minneapolis and the suburbs around. And he got beat, got beat soundly. But we, we were letting him tell his story. And Minneapolis, I just believe the people, they're going to, like he said, they are going to reap what they sow when they say we don't need any police and they're having a crime wave after crime wave. Who wants to live there? Maybe the cold weather will keep some of the crime wave down. But I'm telling you, the leftists are really, really taking charge of the Democratic Party. And I believe what's happened, that so many of the people really did. They elected Trump. They're tired of this mess, and yet the left has cheated in such a powerful way that they can control elections. We have to get to the bottom and the truth of what's happening in these elections. So uh, let let me let you listen uh, as they continue on the conversation.
3: Uh, let, let's turn to this business of kneeling, Michael. This has become something uh, grotesque, uh, and it seems to be becoming very popular uh, with the the left as they demand uh, subservience, uh, demand people bow to them. And, and by God, what I can't believe is that Americans will bow or kneel to anyone. Uh, and And what's even more extraordinary is that any American would ask another to bow to him or her
4: your thoughts well uh yes uh, it, it is a very strange event and, and it happened again it sort of came out of nowhere i mean kneeling no neither uh ed you get the the final minute here i mean uh
3: that, <laughs> there's something else going on here when an american will actually kneel
5: uh i just i am it's weird kneel, kne- Historically, you, you kneel to kings when there were kings, you historically kneel in church to, to Jesus. Uh, now, basically, they're, they're kneeling to, to, to many tyrants who think that they basically uh, uh, are going to run the world. Uh, and I think the reality here is you're going to have mob rule, not, not protest, not good protest. You're going to have mob rule. And the idea that you would kneel on every little issue and, and be subservient uh, is, is, is absurd and not, not American.
1: Thank you, Ed Rollins. Not American. No, kneeling is not an American thing to do unless you're kneeling to pray. We don't kneel to other humans. Not in America. No, go somewhere else. If you want somebody to kneel to you, you go be king somewhere else. Not here in America. If you want to kneel, kneel and pray to God, and that's okay. I don't care if you're left, right, uh, conservative, liberal, progressive, conservative. I don't care if you're You get on your knees and you kneel to pray to God. Well, communist, <laughs> I'm sorry, with the I forgot they're atheists, so I, I'm not sure what they kneel for. But they, you don't kneel, uh, you, don't, you don't kneel down to people. Not in America. That's not American at all. Like Red Rollins said, uh, I just have to tell you that uh, Lou Powell had some great guests. Let me play this clip of Alveda King at the end of the show. Take a listen to this. As we're looking at the uh, the future of 2021.
3: Christian about it, but which evokes the Masonic ideals of those who, who want to dominate the world by driving God out of the courts, out of schools, out of families, and perhaps even out of churches. Well, joining us tonight is the niece of Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Alveda King. Alveda, I have to say, it is great to be uh, talking with you again. Uh, good to see you. And uh, these are strange and sad days, are they not? Uh, it, this uh, is unlike any kind of demonstration, and I go back to the '60s uh, that uh, I've ever I've ever witnessed.
6: Absolutely, Lou. I'm. Glad to join you again as well. I've been in very close contact with the National Black Catholics for Trump and the National Black Catholics for Life. It's two different groups, but some of the members are the same in both. They're very, very concerned about a protest that would object to the President of the United States carrying his Bible, walking across the park, to say we can't keep burning and bombing our churches. So I believe that there are many people in the Catholic community and the black Catholic community who agree with that. Religious freedom is so very important. Of course, the National Black Catholics for Life, I work very closely with them as Executive Director of Civil Rights for the Unborn. So we're concerned about the voices of all Americans, regardless of skin color, we can see skin color, but we celebrate it, not fight about it. We're concerned about the babies in the womb. I am the executive director of civil rights for the unborn, a non-denominational Christian, but I work very carefully with the black Catholic community and they are very concerned, Lou.
3: Well, the entire nation is, and we have watched an explosion here uh, that is obviously orchestrated. This is so organized and, and, and that it is—it's uh, stunning in its scale and scope, because intentions here matter. Uh, this, uh, when we talk about uh, George Floyd, what happened to him on video, we all witnessed it. Uh, We know that that man is uh, in that uniform at that moment is guilty of uh, unthinkable brutality but what we have witnessed in our streets uh, in cities across the country is also inexcusable uh, in that it has been violent, uh, that people have been tragically hurt, over 300 police officers injured. Uh, We've had uh, 15 people killed and two Two policemen killed. It is This is not what Martin Luther King in any way envisioned uh, for the year 2020. Your thoughts?
6: Martin Luther King Jr. spoke out against violence. He acknowledged that riots are the language of the unheard and he quickly encouraged everyone to be nonviolent, to hear each other, to value the human personality. And he believed in nonviolence throughout his life so did my dad, Reverend A.D. King, my grandfather, Daddy King, Martin Luther King, Sr. Mm -hmm. And so do I. Martin Luther King, Jr. said when we value the human personality, we won't kill anybody. And so people will argue about, well, more black people kill black people. And nobody cares about that. We care when lives are taken Mm -hmm. across the board womb to the tomb, sick, elderly, rich, poor, various ethnicities, all of that is very, very important. This was a very tragic thing with George Floyd. And I was listening when we say people are kneeling. People should be praying when they kneel, not causing more agitation and violence, but asking God to help us. And then get up and come together in unity and stop the violence, Luke.
3: No, it's well said. And it it still, it stuns me to see Mm -hmm. one American demanding that another uh, kneel before them. It is, it's just, it's a sight that is uh, sickening. It's amazing Uh, that it's being done
6: for vendettas. Those are vendettas. We need Mm -hmm. genuine faith, hope, and love,
1: caring about each other, not retribution. Now, what a great job that uh, Dr. Alveda King did of, great friend of this show and i'm glad to call her a friend and welcome to 2021 <laughs> i don't know what it's going to be like the economy bitcoin going crazy and why is bitcoin going up well because the more money america bars the the government borrows the more and more they borrow then the less your dollar the cash is worth your dollar won't buy as much but bitcoin it can't have massive inflation because it's not controlled by the government so what gives well we're going to find out in 2021 about that and all cryptocurrencies not just bitcoin and the economy and the stock market and is it joe biden or is it donald j trump four more years we're finding out this week a lot of things so thank you for listening to doc holiday's rock splitting politics can't wait to next week see what we're going to talk about